Chapter Six, Section Five of *The Promise of American Life* by Herbert Crowley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by the Progressing America Project. Chapter Six, Section Five. William Randolph Hearst as a Reformer. The truth is that Mr. William Randolph Hearst offers his countrymen a fair expression of the kind of liberal ideas proper to the creed of democracy. In respect to patriotism and personal character, Mr. Bryan is a better example of the representative Democrat than is Mr. Hearst, but in the tendency and spirit of his agitation for reform, Hearst more completely reveals the true nature of democratic liberalism. When Mr. Lincoln Steffens asserts on the authority of the man of mystery himself, that one of Hearst's mysterious actions has been a profound and searching study of Jeffersonian doctrine, I can almost bring myself to believe the assertion. The radicalism of Hearst is simply an unscrupulous expression of the radical element in the Jeffersonian tradition. He bases his whole agitation upon the sacred idea of equal rights for all, and special privileges for none, and he indignantly disclaims the taint of socialism. His specific remedial proposals do not differ essentially from those of Mr. Bryan. His methods of agitation, and his popular catchwords, are an ingenious adaptation of Jefferson to the needs of political yellow journalism. He is always an advocate of the popular fact. He always detests the unpopular word. He approves expansion, but abhors imperialism. He welcomes any opportunity for war, but execrates militarism. He wants the federal government to crush the trusts by the most drastic legislation, but he is opposed to centralization. The institutional reforms which he favors, all of them look in the direction of destroying what remains of judicial, executive, or legislative independence. The whole program is as incoherent as is that of Mr. Bryan, but incoherence is the least of his faults. Mr. Bryan's inconsistencies are partly redeemed by his genuine patriotism. The distracting effect of Hearst's inconsistencies is intensified by his factiousness. He is more and less than a radical. He is in temper a revolutionist. The disgust and distrust which he excites is the issue of a wholesome political and social instinct, for the political instincts of the American people are often much sounder than their ideas. Hearst and Hearstism is a living menace to the orderly process of reform and to American national integrity. Hearst is revolutionary in spirit because the principle of equal rights itself, in the hand either of a fanatic or a demagogue, can be converted into a revolutionary principle. He considers, as do all reformers, the prevalent inequalities of economic and political power to be violations of that principle. He also believes in the truth of American political individualism, and in the adequacy, except in certain minor respects, of our systems of inherited institutions. How, then, did these inequalities come about? How did the democratic political system of Jefferson and Jackson issue in undemocratic inequalities? The answer is obviously, and it is an answer drawn by other reformers, that these inequalities are the work of wicked and unscrupulous men. Financial or political pirates of one kind or another have been preying on the guileless public, and by means of their aggressions have perversely violated the supreme law of equal rights. These men must be exposed, they must be denounced as enemies of the people, 
they must be held up to public execration and scorn they must become the objects of a righteous popular vengeance such are the feelings and ideas which possess the followers of hearst and on the basis of which hearst himself acts and talks an apparent justification is reached for a systematic vilification of the trusts the predatory millionaires and their supporters and such vilification has become hearst's peculiar stock in trade in effect he treats his opponents very much as the french revolutionary leaders treated their opponents so that in case the conflict should become still more embittered his reformed democracy may resemble the purified republic of which robespierre and saint just dreamed when they sent Demoli and danton to the guillotine when he embodies such ideas and betrays such a spirit the disputed point as to hearst's sincerity sinks into significance a fanatic sincerely promised by these ideas is a more dangerous menace to american national integrity and the promise of american democracy than the sheerest demagogue the logic of hearst's agitation is analogous to the logic of the anti-slavery agitation in eighteen thirty and hearst is merely abolitionism applied to a new material and translated into rowdy journalism the abolitionists believing as they did that the institution of slavery violated an abstract principle of political justice felt thereby fully authorized to vilify the southern slaveholders as far as the resources of the english language would permit they attempted to remedy one injustice by committing another injustice and by the violence of their methods they almost succeeded in tearing apart the good fabric of our national life hearst is headed in precisely the same direction he is doing a radical injustice to a large body of respectable american citizens who like hearst himself has merely shown a certain lack of scruple in taking advantage of the opportunities which the american political and economic system offers and who have been distinguished rather by peculiar ability and energy than by peculiar selfishness on a rigid interpretation of the principle of equal rights he may be justified in holding them up to public execration just as the abolitionists on the principle that the right of freedom was a divine law might be justified in vilifying the southerners but as a matter of fact we know that personally neither the millionaire nor the slaveholder deserves such denunciation and we ought to know that the prejudices and passions provoked by language of this kind violate the essential principle both of nationality and democracy the foundation of nationality is mutual confidence and fair dealing and the aim of democracy is a better equality of human nature affected by a higher type of human association hearstism like abolitionism is the work of unbalanced and vindictive men and increases enormously the difficulty of the wise and effective cure of the contemporary evils yet hearst as little as the millionaires he denounces is not entirely responsible for himself such a responsibility would be too heavy for the shoulders of one man he has been given to the american people for their sins in politics and economics his opponents may scold him as much as they please they may call him a demagogue and a charlatan they may accuse him of corrupting the public mind and pandering to degrading passions they may declare that his abusive attacks on the late mr kinley were at least indirectly the cause of that gentleman's assassination they may in short behave and talk as if he were a much more dangerous public enemy than the most tainted millionaire or the most corrupt politician 
nevertheless they cannot deprive him or his imitators of the standing to be obtained from the proclamation of a rigorous interpretation of the principle of equal rights hearst has understood that principle better than the other reformers or the conservatives who claim its authority he has exhibited its disintegrating and revolutionary implications and he has convinced a large though fluctuating following that he is only fighting for justice he personally may or may not have run his course, but it is manifest that his peculiar application of the principle of equal rights to our contemporary economic and political problems has come to stay. As long as that principle keeps its high present position in the hierarchy of American political ideas, just so long will it afford authority and countenance to agitators like Hearst. He is not a passing danger, which will disappear in case the truly Herculean efforts to discredit him personally continue to be successful. Just as slavery was the ghost in the house of the American democracy during the middle period, so Hearstism is and will remain the ghost in the house of reform. And the incantation by which it will be permanently exorcised has not yet been publicly phrased. End of chapter 6, section 5